What it is, ladies and gents, and welcome to another episode of Dual Senses, a PlayStation podcast. My name is Alex Wolf, and I'm joined here by the one, the only, the hat one, Stephen Morrow. Hello. If you're a fan of the show, you can catch us <laughs> every week at approximately Friday or Saturday, or maybe even Sunday at approximately 9 or 9.30 Eastern Time. Ish. You can find the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and YouTube. You can catch us streaming on Twitch and Facebook and YouTube as well. If you want to show the show a huge level of love, head on over to www.mtfproductions forward slash donate, where you can donate as little as a dollar so we can be the best PlayStation podcast we can. Steven? Hi, Mom. <laughs> Sorry. She, she, popped in, she popped into the chat. I wanted to say hi. Oh, I appreciate Oh, I, I love your mom. She's fantastic. Milani, I love you. I miss you. I haven't seen you in forever. Hopefully, we'll be there soon because we, we got a thing coming up that I will eventually have to be over at that house. Your brother is leaving, yeah. Stephen. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> For a split second, I was like, wait. I now I remember. <laughs> Look, I've had a lot going on. That is true. You have had quite a week. Quite a month. That's quite fair. a year. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyways, Steve, how are you doing? I'm, I'm doing okay. So it's Mother's Day weekend. Mm-hmm. And also, happy Mother's Day, Mama Morrow. Happy Mother's Day. Um, so I don't forget to send it tomorrow because I will totally be that person. Um, so it's Mother's Day weekend. So Rachel, like, you know, I obviously couldn't do anything yesterday with work, but today Rachel and her sister went out and about and just did a bunch of things, visited their moms, all the good stuff. So I took the kiddo today and it was just me and him. Like she left at eight and then came home at eight. So it was a strict like 12 hours. And it, like, so it wasn't planned by any means. It just kind of happened. Like they were going to like a farmer's market and doing some stuff and it just worked out that way. And at first I was like, after hour three, I'm like, she's not coming back right away. <laughs> I will be doing this by myself for most of the time. I love day. how like, it took three hours for you to be like, oh yeah. Well, so I already knew she, she mentioned she'd be out for a few hours. So I gave it two or three hours. She'd be out. So that's what my expectation was. And then it just. Once that happened, I'm like, okay. But it was fine. Like, you know, she handles in most of the day. I'm usually at work, set and the other. So, like, I'm like, yeah, why not? Like, it's Mother's Day weekend. If there's ever a day I should do this, it is today. So <laughs> I was like, all right. So I'm tired. He put up a fight. Oh, I, no. I came out on top. That's um, good. That's good. Yeah. She definitely came in and closed the deal. Because um, when it came to actually putting him to bed, he was not, no. There was no <laughs> way he was dead. Well, because you don't yeah. have a boob. Exactly. I, I do not boob have. Boobs. Yes, it, it immensely. <laughs> it is a secret weapon in many facets. <laughs> um, so that that was there. But other than that, I, I'm good. I'm good. I had a good week. Uh, I feel like it's the most, the least stressful week I've had in a while. So that's good. Yeah. Yeah. I. Uh... I understand that you have a lot going on, but I got on my PlayStation and I saw that you haven't been online for like more than 10 days. So the trick I have, I have set my status as appeared offline. Oh, okay. Because because I haven't played a game 
and I don't want like messages or notifications or anything popping up to be invited or do this thing while I'm like watching Netflix. I'm like, I don't want to be bothered. I just got home or it's like, it's two in the morning and I'm getting notifications on like the app or something like, Hey, do this. I'm like, no, I, I am tired. Okay. <laughs> so, well, that's fine. I, you don't have to be actively playing a game. Yes. It's fine. But I was just like, Hmm, I don't understand this. Yeah, the PlayStation is this. turned on, especially the PlayStation 4, because the, the streaming apps on my smart TV in the playroom mm-hmm. are not working. They're like that, that TV's older, so like the apps aren't being supported and it's just So you have to use you know, the PlayStation. I had to turn on the PlayStation because the PlayStation's still getting support for some of the apps. So mm-hmm. like you better believe Storybots is on for 10 to 12 hours a day on that fucking PlayStation. <laughs> so good. Good. <laughs> yeah, it, it still comes on. Um, God, fucking story bots. <laughs> I like the camel song. I, I enjoy it too, just because it's like the most unexpected noise to hear in the middle. Walk like a camel. Oh, yeah, it's like that. <laughs> but the sad part is, like for me, I question, like, is that what a camel? So- like, I don't know what a camel sounds like. I don't so, think like, it hearing- sounds like that though. So, but, yeah, but then you hear about the screaming goat videos and everything. So it's like. Yeah, that's fair. The camel's not too far off my goat, I feel like, in comparison yeah. to other animals. <laughs> so I'm like, is that what a camel sounds like? Oh my god, have I gone 28 years without knowing what a camel sounds like? <laughs> I just learned today that otters are the size of golden retrievers. I thought they were like tiny little puppy-sized things. They're yeah. fucking huge. Holy shit. You know, okay, that makes sense thinking about it, but holy shit. <laughs> yeah. The world is full of surprises. Man, just when you think you know it all, huh? You know what, Steven? It's, it's actually, you know what? I'm actually rather sad. Why are you sad? This is the first show in what, two, three weeks? I do not have a Pepsi Nitro. Oh, no. See, I drank one before recording. See, it was I. My I, last one. I need to restock. Yeah, but. same here. So I ran out two days ago. And every time I've gone to the grocery store by my house, they've been sold out. And I'm like, this is fucking ridiculous. And so what really makes me mad, though, is this is my own fault. So at the grocery store where my place of work is, I can walk down the aisle, and there's a whole section of these things in individual cans. Because where I, the grocery store I work in is nothing but like 70 and 80-year-old people. They don't, they're not buying soda. Um, nor are they buying this 16-ounce, aesthetically pleasing, tasty, delicious an underappreciated nitro infused cola. Anywho, it's some, um, it's some good shit. I've I've gotten I've gotten addicted now. So yeah, thanks for that. So um, I I I was buying every time I so I would buy one, and I would be like I drink that and a bunch of water throughout work. But then I had one can left at the work fridge. I'm like, I'll leave that there for Monday. I'll buy another four pack on my way home. And then there was no other four pack on the way home, Stephen. Oh no! So I felt bad. My, I knew I should have fucking taken it. I should have taken it. I should have brought it home. If you see it, you got to get it. You're right. I should have brought it. And I was just like, "What is wrong with me? I what? I this is a. I made a mistake. <laughs> Honestly, our first mistake was trying it in the first place because now we're hooked. It's gonna be a problem. Mm-hmm. This is gonna be a problem for the rest of our lives. Not if we make it a solution, Stephen. Pepsi. I have tweeted at you twice now. I will bring up your name in every show until I die. All I ask for 
is a little bit of free swag to help promote yeah. the excellence that is Pepsi Nitro. I will get Pepsi Nitro tattooed on my body if they provide a lifetime supply. And you know what? He'll do it. One can a day. That's all I need yeah, for the rest exactly. of my life. I've had less soda in this two weeks because and everyone's like, well, that doesn't make any sense, Alex. You're drinking all – like, how is that refraining you? Because here's the thing. I appreciate nice things. And if this can is telling me that it has to be in a cup, it has to be chilled, and it has to be a hard pour, you better damn believe I chill the can, I make sure I have a cup, and I hard pour that son of a bee. All right? Like, I go for it. I can't do that all the time. You know, like I don't, I don't, I'm not always around cups. Yeah. I can't always buy it when I buy these cans individually or buy a four pack, they're not chilled. So yeah, you got to wait. Yeah. It refrains me. I will say, so, uh, this might be blasphemous, but I got a little curious. Uh, today I drank it from the can. It was still chilled. Um, but I drank it from the can and you know, it was still good. It still drank smooth. Um, you have to drink it kind of fast at first because it starts to foam. Uh, but then, you know, once you get past the foam, it's it was still an enjoyable experience. Still better than than regular Pepsi. So I'm, hmm. I'm not upset. I'm not upset. Another point, another tick mark for Pepsi Nitro. So part of me feels like a lot of people underappreciate this drink. But then the other part of me is like they can't be because it's hard for me to find one. Like I can't buy a four-pack on a whim nowadays. So, like, I don't know what's happening. I don't know if they're low supply because Pepsi's like, let's see what happens. So I'm going to ship out a few. The Amiibo effect, if you will. Or um, the PlayStation 5 effect. Or the PlayStation <laughs> Maybe 5 there's effect. like a shortage. <laughs> there's a, there's a nitro-infused tab shortage <laughs> going on. <laughs> so not every Pepsi nitro can be nitro-infused. They end up having to convert. It's got to be regular Pepsi, John. We just can't do it. Yeah, so. they got to take out the backwards compatibility in order to push out more units and it'll just be nitro. It, so no what, Pepsi. <laughs> what, what, you, what you don't understand is that in order for the Pepsi nitro to work, they have to actually build a Pepsi can essentially around a <laughs> nitro drink <laughs> because the cell processor and it, 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 <laughs> it has to happen in like a split second. And if they get it wrong, they accidentally make a black hole. So it's, it's very particular. And then it's also not compatible with like plastic cups. It has to be a glass cup, a glass. It has yeah. to be because uh, so it becomes really hard for people to develop the proper cup. Mm -hmm. It's like crossing streams or splitting an atom. Mm -mm -mm. Just can't do it. Oh, hi, Chris. Thanks for joining. We're just talking about Pepsi on this and how PlayStation it is a superior podcast. Drink. It is a superior <laughs> drink. <laughs> Listen, Pepsi Nitro, it's 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 really fucking good. Yeah, like it's, there's it's no if ands or buts about it. The best soft drink. Mm -hmm. We're not sponsored. We should be. This. We should be. should be. You know what? No, Stephen, we're sponsored. I'm telling everyone. Worst case scenario, thank Chris gets it. He gets Chris it. Chris gets it. I'm not a fan of diet drinks, but you know what? If I drink a diet drink, it's gonna be a diet Pepsi. Now imagine a diet Pepsi Nitro. I mean, I don't want to imagine that because I still won't drink it because I'll drink a Pepsi Nitro. But It'll still be better I, than everything else. That's true. The people that need Diet Pepsi or prefer Diet drinks, that, that's their solution. Yeah. What are they going to do? Drink their coffee, Coca-Cola? Disgusting. Blasphemous. Uh-huh. Real gross. Kind of fucked up even. 
But now, now I'm back to regular Pepsi because again, I was at home. <laughs> the, the sadness, <laughs> even the drink looked sad. <laughs> there was no like, <laughs> the, yeah, it's there's no fun of Bologna's thing. So I had to. It. So it was just me and the kiddo, and I haven't gone grocery shopping in a couple of days, and I need to oh, go. Hold on, I took this down prematurely. I thought we were. But, Ra- but Rachel had had the car as she was doing her out and about things. I'm like, well, shit, what am I going to eat? So I ordered Pizza Hut because it's the only time I can eat Pizza Hut because Rachel doesn't like it. So I have to order it when I know I have the entire day to myself, or I know she's eating somewhere else, and I'm like, oh, I can I can splurge. So I did that and had to get a two liter of Pepsi ordered with it, and like, this is the same. So as I'm drinking it, it's still good. I still prefer Pepsi. But it just wasn't Pepsi Nitro. So. Nothing can compete. Nothing can. Steven, we may have just spent almost 15 minutes talking about Pepsi Nitro. Yep. But for approximately 30 to 45 minutes, we have one topic to talk about today. It's one. a big one, though. It is a big one. So as some of you may have heard, and we mentioned this last week as well, uh, Embracer Group purchased a number of developers and IP rights from Square Enix. Um, I'll kind of go down the, the brief thing from uh, BGC uh, Video Games Chronicle, posted by Chris Scullion, or Scullion, however you pronounce, it, pronounce his name. Uh, so oh, it, the yeah. DLCs, um, Embracer Group acquiring Crystal Dynamics, Eidos Montreal, Square Enix Montreal, and a catalog of IPs including Tomb Raider, Deus Ex, Thief and Legacy of Cain. Um, so it also can potentially include Avengers and Guardians of the Galaxy, uh, depending on how it all falls. What about what about Gex? There's no mention of Gex. No one, no one has mentioned Gex. <laughs> That's the problem. <laughs> Nobody ever <laughs> mentions Gex. <laughs> I need Gex. <laughs> well, okay. So was Gex Western developed or was it? I think it was. Was it? I don't know. It goes way based? back. It does. It started as a side scroller. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's Western developed. Look into that. So it sounds like a lot for just a breakdown overall. I haven't seen a full list, but the general consensus from what I'm seeing on the interwebs is that they sold a lot of their Western uh, IP and developers. Um. Uh, it was Crystal and, Dynamics. Okay, so I mean, it could be then. Yeah. Um, so with that being said, uh, Square Enix did follow it up. This came out also by Chris. Uh, this was posted May 2nd that it will still publish some Western games despite selling a large portion of its Western development on uh, Embracer Group. So we'll still see some Western published games make their way over. Um, or stay under the Square Enix label. Now, Stephen, the big topic is this. The big meat. The big meat. We've talked about who we would like to see or what potential acquisitions we may see come from PlayStation um, early, later this year or in the future, just based off of uh, Jim Ryan stating that more acquisitions are ready to come. So Push Square posted an article uh, yesterday around 2 p.m. by Sammy Barker. At multiple sources say Sony is buying Square Enix, allegedly. So where this comes back is to, I'll read it here. She writes, uh, remember when there was a big chatter about Sony acquisition, specifically from industry veterans Jeff Grubb and Greg Miller? Both were talking about Square Enix. Quote, when I talked about the three rumors I'd I'd heard, one was an acquisition, this is the one I heard, Miller finally revealed on an episode of PS I Love You. 
So if you remember correctly, there was uh, a tweet by Greg Miller talking about three big rumors he was, we were expecting to hear, one of them being yeah. the revamp PlayStation Plus. One of the, th the three rumors we, uh, he mentioned, uh, he's now revealed was he had heard rumblings of a Square Enix acquisition. What was the third thing? Did we ever hear what the third thing was? I don't think we did hear that other one. This is the only one he's mentioned. Pat upon Just, four. Could possibly be. VR2 exclusive. Mm -hmm. So, Stephen, we have a lot of ways we can go about this. Typically, this also posted in the uh, Push Square articles, and typically when acquisitions of like this caliber happen, or any acquisitions really, we hear about it after paperwork's already been signed. It's no longer a rumor. It is, this is happening. This is it. Mm -hmm. When it came to Bungie being acquired, it happened. That was not, oh, there, rumblings, there was no rumblings about it. It just happened. When it came to Microsoft and Xbox purchasing Activision Blizzard, it happened. It wasn't. There was no rumblings, no rumors about it. It was well. So technically, a, that deal hasn't fully gone through yet. True, it hasn't been so, approved yet. But paperwork yeah. and like they're like, yeah, let's do it. But yeah. sa same instance, same thing with the Sony or yeah, the Sony acquisition of Bungie. It's mm -hmm. being as investigations, audits, and stuff. Paperwork has to be filed, all that good stuff. But for the most part, both parties are on board. Um, no rumors. Again, we woke up. I think what on a Monday morning, a Tuesday morning, and. I sent you a link and you sent me a link about that. So what is the, there's a lot that can go into this. It's totally possible, right? Square Enix's value has dropped, right? Like the dollar amount, we know, we've talked about it before. Sony doesn't have Microsoft's wallet, right? So when they make acquisitions, it's not going to be on the same scale dollar amount wise compared to what they did with Activision Blizzard. Mm -hmm. um, so my thought process is this is more feasible. In the beginning, I was like, I don't see it happening. Square has a lot of stuff they publish on a lot of different consoles. Like, I think, it, didn't I mention this, sorry, in the last episode that we recorded uh, when we were together and we were talking about uh, the Embracer group purchasing the different IP and stuff, I think we talked about like you were talking specifically about how you didn't think it was going to happen uh, because of. I don't think it was last episode, but the week before. But yes, okay. I, I, the same point was made. Like they put their stuff on everything. They have yeah. so many different IP that are only make their way to their consoles, like or on certain consoles. Like Final Fantasy will always be home to play. Home will, will always have a home in PlayStation. Where it's more questionable, we'll see it on an Xbox platform. Uh, but games like Triangle Strategy or Octopath Traveler have made their way over to the starter off on the Switch and Octopath, you know, making its way to PC and then eventually Game Pass on the Xbox One um, and Xbox Series X and S. So it's like they always have a mixed bag. But now that they've sold off a, a large portion of their own IP and development studios, their value has dropped. They, I can see them being more affordable for PlayStation to do this. If anything, I wouldn't be surprised if some behind the scenes conversations have happened. And PlayStation is like, we can't afford that price you're wanting to sell for. And they're like, well, we want to sell and we want you know, to go to you. What do we need to do? And it can be like, well, why don't we sell off some of your IP? And Embracer Group has been buying things left and right since 2020, if not before then. They are. I, I wonder why it seems like they're splitting their Western and Eastern development. Just completely. It could, 
it, it could be just a matter of management. It's easier, right? I, the simple answer would be Square Enix is a Japanese company and having to manage and take care of companies based in Montreal or anything in the West, it's just a lot more work than they want to deal with, especially when probably their biggest investment was a Western developed game with Marvel's Avengers. And it flopped financially for the most part. So it's like, we don't want to keep investing money in this market when we see a lot more return on our Japanese developed and in-house developed games. Why are, we, why are we subsidizing so much money to the West only to see nothing come back from it? Like even Guardians of the Galaxy, while it was critically received well, it wasn't a massive commercial success. Deus Ex, same deal, critically acclaimed, but like, is it on the scale that Final Fantasy or Octopath or anything else under their Japanese bander has done? No. So it's just like, let's, we're, we're, let's, we, we'll make more money by trimming down and focusing and putting all of our talents into this smaller bucket than spreading ourselves so thin and getting a marginal return back, if any return, <laughs> is what I would see behind that. That's what I expect. Um, so it's crazy. That's my th first thought process. Like, event, event, that's all, folks. That was um, your first thought process. <laughs> I could, first thought process was there's no way this is going to happen. It makes no sense. Now it's like they're shedding some weight, they're lessening their value, they're looking to be bought out. And PlayStation said, we'll do it, but you got to find a way to get rid of all this stuff. And they did. So now it's very plausible. Yeah. Your thoughts? Um, I have a few thoughts. Uh, first mm -hmm. of all, I don't, like, I don't like all these companies getting bought up. I don't like it. Uh, I think that it's bad for diversity in the industry. Because I think that the bigger things get... Um, and the more that everything gets squished under the same umbrella, uh, the less likely it is that developers will be able to make their own decisions. Um, and that makes me a little sad. Uh, so there's that. I don't want a homogenous game industry where there's only like three or four companies and everyone is under those three or four companies. I don't like that. But um, with that being said, I do think that and I think I mentioned this before, uh, Square Enix under PlayStation, I feel like makes the most sense. Like if if the big three were if the big three were to um, go at it, I feel like Square Enix has more of a of a legacy with PlayStation, personally. Um, <laughs> Yeah, that's what I was Now I see why you were yes. shaking your head. Mm -hmm. And I just had a Coke plus you're drinking. <laughs> they have to know what they're doing. Well, they know what they're doing. They know what they're doing. And they're good at it. I'm not a fan, Steven. <laughs> not a fan. Coke plus. No, it's basic Pepsi. Fortunately, they ran out of nitro. Mm -hmm. Now I have but to anyways, drink alcohol to uh, drown my so sorrows. I think Square Enix uh, has more of a, a legacy with PlayStation, especially even though Final Fantasy started with Nintendo, it really took off with PlayStation. Mm -hmm. uh, and like even currently, their biggest titles are either PlayStation exclusive. Uh, we still don't have any word of Final Fantasy VII Remake coming out on other consoles. So that's interesting. 
because we were under the impression that that was a timed exclusive, but it's been years. Uh, so that's interesting. Uh, but also like the new Final Fantasy being built from the ground up, um, like the new numbered entry being built from 16. the ground up. Thank you. I couldn't remember the number. <laughs> I figured that's what it was. <laughs> uh, but being built from the ground up for PlayStation 5, it's also pretty interesting. Uh, Forspoken is Square, right? That's Square Enix? Yeah, it's Square Enix, but developed by... I want to say it's developed by either Crystal Dynamics or Eidos. Well, either way, that's a Square Enix title that mm-hmm. is completely exclusive. Um, though, I think I'm wrong. Hold on. I think oh, that's actually... I think that's multi-platform, but it, it was... Uh, I'm pulling it up now. Because I think it's pre-orderable. Yeah. It's a, it'll Microsoft be on PC Windows. and PlayStation 5. So console exclusive. Okay. So, yeah, it's kind of this, a similar thing with Final Fantasy VII Remake. Uh, mm-hmm. So it just, it's, it's interesting to me. Uh, and, of course, you have, like, the weird outliers with the smaller projects, like Triangle Strategy and things like that. Um, but I also think that those games would fit really nicely on... <laughs> PlayStation. Uh, I mean, they are nice for Switch games, but because um, like the portability of it is nice. Yeah. But I don't, I don't know. I also, uh, I feel like for me, it could go either way between Nintendo and Square Enix. I don't think Nintendo is interested in acquiring anyone. Um, yeah, they very much like that's... having their own stuff, but partner having strong partnerships. They're very yeah. old school and traditional with that. They don't want to own anyone. But they want to have very good relationships, and that's the big reason why I don't think, you know, Nintendo would would jump in. Um, I don't think Microsoft even has a chance. I don't think Square Enix is interested in selling to a Western company. Yeah, with honestly. them shedding their Western things, I, I highly doubt they're looking for a Western owner. Yeah, if anything, I feel like they would split the company basically, and all the Western stuff would go to Microsoft, and mm-hmm. all the uh, Japanese development stuff would go over to the PlayStation, but um, uh, hold on, sorry, Minoxa wrote in and said the streaming content wars are not just for movies and TV shows. Uh, That's real. Yeah, that is real. Is is real? I think I think I said Israel. You, you didn't, but okay. Now it's awkward. I I just I it's fine. Uh, <laughs> anyways. Um, I still don't really like the uh, this conglomerate nature of, of everything just kind of being squished into the same ball. Um, but I do appreciate that PlayStation is at least being strategic with its acquisitions. If this proves to be true, we still don't have confirmation or anything. This is just a lot of rumblings within the industry. Mm-hmm. Um, so it does have weight. But... Um, I, I appreciate that PlayStation has been strategic and kind of like a middle ground between Nintendo and Microsoft, where, um, like you were saying, Nintendo is, is really interested in having strong partnerships, but just kind of doing their own thing, uh, whereas Microsoft isn't really partnering at all. They're just buying everyone. Uh, well, it, so <laughs> Microsoft, I would say, is more along the lines of they're taking, they're looking at what partnerships they have that were very strong in the past. And then just like, hey, we could just own you and make that relationship better 
it's how they position it. And then the people that are being acquired are like, well, yeah, like for instance, Bethesda softworks games have always run smoother and better on Xbox platforms. So it became a question of, hey, you know, you, your stuff has always just worked better with us. We could own you and we could fund you more money to do this thing. And they're like, yeah, why not? Most of yeah, our stuff. I don't, I don't know if that. I don't know if that really holds weight, though, when it comes to the smaller studios that they bought up. Um, the smaller studios, no. I mean, some of them were like completely kind of like with um, uh, Ninja Theory, with them being purchased, like yeah, Hellblade. Ninja Theory. Uh, they have a history with PlayStation, above all else. Mm -hmm. um, and you know, isn't Drinkbox Studios now under them? That was like the major supporter of the Vita. <laughs> Yep. Of all things, uh, making arguably some of the best Vita titles. Um, yeah. So, but I would also argue that some of those smaller, like, oh, wow, way left field kind of deals were very much, they're, they're smaller indie studios. And if anyone was offering them an, a substantial amount of money, they'd be, yeah, you know, they'd be, it'd be and, unrealistically for them to say, like, no, we don't want your money, even though, like, we're small and we need to be supported financially as much as we can. <laughs> yeah. It's like, Hey, do all of you want to be millionaires? All three of you? Uh, yeah. <laughs> and they're like, okay. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so I still feel like PlayStation is kind of like this middle ground between Nintendo and Microsoft strategy, because uh, while PlayStation doesn't have the same wallet size as Microsoft, mm -hmm. um, they're still a force to be reckoned with. Um, and they do have very strong partnerships within the industry. Uh, like, I mean, recently uh, when, um, uh, fuck, Returnal and Resogun developer, Housemark, uh, when Housemark was talking about um, what their relationship was like working with PlayStation, they mentioned like way, like going way, way back uh, with helping PlayStation first party studios with development on things as like a, uh, basically like a contract developer on the side um, mm -hmm. working with, I, I think they mentioned Naughty Dog um, or Gorilla, one or the other um, specifically. So like these are studios that they work with pretty intensely on other projects. Uh, and I thought that was kind of interesting. And I think, I think we saw a similar thing with Bungie. Like they helped design the PlayStation 5 controller like specifically. So like the reason why the DualSense controller feels the way that it does is because Bungie helped them design it. So mm -hmm. it just it, it it's interesting to me how uh intertwined all of these studios are uh within the industry and specifically how how closely intertwined they are with PlayStation. So um I think that's kind of interesting. Uh Minoxa writes in and says it's all about locking down content if Netflix could buy Steven Spielberg they would. Um, so I actually disagree, um, at least when it comes to PlayStation. I don't think PlayStation is interested in locking down content per se. Uh, I, I've said this for a little while now. I think PlayStation is interested in talent, not necessarily IP, not necessarily games. They're interested in talent. If PlayStation makes a deal for like an exclusive game, like a timed exclusive or something, yeah, that's all about content. But if they're acquiring a studio, they're doing it for the people. They don't. I don't think they care 
uh, like I don't think PlayStation bought Bungie for Destiny. I think PlayStation bought Bungie because they're arguably the best first-person shooter developers in the industry. Uh, I mean, maybe the the folks behind Doom, but I mean, it's so. I made... mean, <laughs> I would say I, I agree <clears throat> with Manaxra's comment though, because yeah, I I agree with you in some aspects of like yeah, they're looking at the talent. I think it's a mixture of both. I think they're looking at, okay, what is, okay, cool. This developer, this they have this IP. That's a strong IP. That's great. But is this a developer we want to have a relationship with? Is there someone we think we can work with? And can they improve or share what they have with other teams that aren't already maybe doing something or they're doing it better than the teams you already have? They're, I would say they're investing in both. Like they are locking down content for sure because when they're buying these developers, they're more than likely owning IP as well, right? Um, you're not. It's, it's how you get exclusive games. I mean, the most of those games will branch out is they'll stay home on console, but then make their way eventually into PC within two years. Um, so yeah, I, they're investing in the team and the development because they want to see. They want to make sure they're going to get a, a strong return on their investment because if anything happens with that studio or those IP, those IP start failing, they can say, "Oh, well, this team does really well with this. We can allocate their skills." to this other thing we own or this other project we have coming up or hey we have an idea for a brand new ip or we want you to revitalize an ip forget what you already have bring this old thing back or make this new thing with what the skills you have but if it's another ip where it's just very very strong and has a strong legacy and playstation has a long line of legacy games if they can add to that you know why wouldn't they yeah but i also think that playstation has a history of kind of neglecting their IP. Uh, they're always very forward moving. I mean, they do go back a little bit. Um, I mean, we've seen some, like, especially from Bluepoint, um, they've been, there was that point in time where they were remaking a lot of different things, like Medieval, they brought back <clears throat> um, Wipeout with the Omega Collection. Like, going back a little bit, and now, like, with stuff like the PSP games coming out with the PlayStation Plus revamp, that's all interesting, but I think for the most part, PlayStation is not interested in necessarily going back to their legacy IP as much as moving forward and like kind of pushing mm -hmm. the industry in new directions. Um, and I think like even with the Housemark acquisition, I think that's a good example of okay, this is a studio that's known for having arcadey gameplay and. PlayStation no doubt saw early footage of Returnal or, um, you know, heard early ideas about what they wanted to do. And they were like, okay, this is taking roguelikes into a completely new AAA space. And that's something that we haven't really seen. There's nothing mm -hmm. quite like Returnal in terms of like on that scale. Um, and I think that that is what they're investing in is the innovators and the, the skill and the talent and, you know, the people who will think of the next best thing. Uh, as opposed to, oh, well, let's release um, another, I don't know, Crash Bandicoot. Like, yeah, so, but in relation to, like, say, the, the argument now being, like, them purchasing Square, right? I don't think they're buying Square. If they were to ever acquire Square Enix, I wouldn't say it's because of the talent, right? I mean, Square's good, but... I can't remember the last time they did anything on the development side that broke the industry, right? Well, uh, I, I, I mean, Final Fantasy VII Remake. 
Well, I don't think even then that game wasn't like a technical marvel, though, right? I mean, you of all people were a huge critic of some of the issues with that game with presentation and graphics. Like, yeah, they yeah, have it was very inconsistent, so, but yeah. it was it was kind of a, a sign of innovation within the genre, uh, where like role playing games had kind of become stale, and there were basically two styles. There was turn based, you know, Dragon Quest style, mm. um, or there was the action role-playing games. Most of those were Western, um, and like you know things like uh, like the Dragon Ages, I guess. Um, yeah, the Western, or, the action RPGs. Yeah, or like in the style of like Dragon's Dogma or things like that. Or even Nino Kuni, because Nino Nino Kuni two specifically, I should say, I guess. Yeah, um, uh, but I mean, with Final Fantasy VII remake, it was almost a breath of fresh air in terms of the gameplay because it was merging those two worlds or mm -hmm. I should say those two styles, um, in a way that hasn't really been seen. Uh, so that's interesting. But right, but when you're talking from uh, as a whole, though, right, that's one game out of a, a long list they've done that's really broken some kind of ground. It, what I guess what I'm saying is, if they acquire Square, it's IP. It is, they are purchasing IP, because I feel like PlayStation would have more to provide the Square on that front to what they can do with their IP, as opposed to what Square can bring to PlayStation's front of things. Um, unless, and hear me out, mm -hmm. unless there's something that we haven't seen yet. Just like yes. Housemark, arguably, mm -hmm. where they saw something and they locked them in. Just like with, um, what's the new studio that was just formed where they're doing the live service? Uh, Haven? Yeah, Haven Studios, uh, or whatever, they nobody's seen what they're doing other than PlayStation and probably a few other big players and PlayStation bought them before they even released anything. Mm -hmm. Like they probably barely have a functioning thing and they were probably like, well, we want to invest in this because they're doing something that's like next level. And I mean, same thing I bet that happened with Kojima and Death Stranding where he was like, I'm going to invent a new genre. And they're like, all right, here's a blank check. Hire all of the, the best actors and actresses in Hollywood right now. Do whatever the hell you want. Uh, so, like, I feel like that's kind of been what PlayStation has done this whole time. They'll, like, mm -hmm. see a thing, and then they invest in that thing because it's special. Uh, like, before it's even done, I guess. Or before yeah, I, I, I think, like I said before, I think they play both fields. Yeah, they're about, they're about the studios and development, the team they can bring on. but there's no way they're just ignoring altogether IP that's coming along with it. That definitely yeah. plays a factor in the conversation. Yeah. Um, especially when you're buying people with a legacy like Capcom, like Square. Um, now. Okay. Uh, real fast, Manactra said IPs are important, but not as important as the studios. Mm -hmm. They're not buying Jurassic Park, they're buying Steven Spielberg. Um, mm -hmm. Kind of reflecting some of the things that we said, but I wanted to share that real fast. Um, so I'll go back. This is an article that came through, and this is the counter argument is, are they doing this? Probably not. Um, this is also May 2nd. Square Enix Embracer sales will help it invest in blockchain. Uh, so this comes from same, uh, same writer. Uh, so this is written, the transaction will assist the company in adapting the, to changes underway in the global business environment by establishing a more efficient allocation of resources, which will enhance corporate value by accelerating growth in the company's core business in the digital domain, it said. 
In addition, the transaction enables the launch of new businesses by moving forward with investments in fields including blockchain, AI, and the cloud. The move is based on the policy of business structure optimization that the company set forth on the, me the medium-term business strategy unveiled on May 13th, 2021. Um, so last month, Square Enix president Yosuke Matsuda reiterated his desire for Final Fantasy Publisher to create play-to-earn blockchain games. So that's another reason it's this is the counter argument, right? Like if they're saying this, then and they want to see this return, does it make sense unless Square is going to exist just solely as one other thing, and then they're gonna sell a lot of their Japanese based IP to, to PlayStation, which then why again be talking about right, blockchain. Like, what yeah. they're gonna do. It doesn't make any sense. Um, like they'd have to sell like just portions of their library so essentially only own final fantasy and kingdom hearts uh which i don't think they're going to do um, well it could also mean that they're going to maintain leadership positions under playstation and will still reap the financial benefits uh you know once they're under the playstation umbrella so and like, that would mean playstation start earning from the blockchain piece or they believe in the blockchain piece but mm -hmm. i don't think we've ever heard playstation ever discuss that i mean yeah obviously i mean it's also a it's also a kind of touchy thing right now yeah like um, I, I don't think and if we if playstation some of the sides to come out and say we're going to support this that's almost no. as if, if microsoft says hey we're going to do nfts like that's actually <laughs> that's really interesting to think about though and this is something that i never thought of until just now playstation essentially has the framework of the ultimate nft money generator oh yeah and that's dreams literally it, hold on what does it have to do with the square enix thing hold on hold on <laughs> just maybe playstation is interested in the blockchain and interested in in nfts and all these like uh what should we call it um digital currency what is it called Microcurrency, not microcurrency. Cryptocurrency. Thank you, Jesus Christ. Uh, anyways, because Dreams is literally just people creating digital assets, sticking their name on it, and then wherever it spreads, they still get the credit. Like, they're literally just, they have a little digital tag on this thing. The moment that they monetize, what if that is then implemented in all of these different things, like whatever Haven's project is, is supposedly... Um, uh, a creator-driven, community-driven thing, importing assets that have like your tag on it that you can then monetize exponentially. I don't know. It's it, it, I'm. It was a random thought that I had to blurt out, but it's, <laughs> it's interesting though that literally that's what Dreams is—just minus yeah. the monetization. But it's literally just creating digital assets, attaching it to a user, and being able to track it across multiple services and multiple games and multiple products so i don't know that's just wild to me hmm. who all right so let, let's just get into the final question here steve Sorry. <laughs> do you think do you think playstation is in position to acquire or positioning itself or square enix positioning itself to be acquired by playstation um i mean a few weeks ago i would have said Yes, so I'm going to stand by that. Okay. I think, yes, PlayStation has hinted that they're interested, or not even interested, that they're going to acquire more studios in the future. It's been confirmed. We just didn't know who. 
mm-hmm. I think Square Enix makes sense. Uh, I think I'm still thinking Square Enix and Capcom um, and Konami are like kind of the three that stick out in my head. So in the very least, there's like a 33 point whatever percent chance that it's Square Enix. So I think it's possible. Yeah. Okay. So for me, I don't think I just, it doesn't make sense. If they're looking to invest in blockchain, they want to do this and they want to, I mean, AI and cloud, the Namco would be one man actually. Yeah. That is a good point there. I could see Bandai Namco for sure. Racer. We've talked about that actually when we were talking about who we could see them buy up next. One of the ones I mentioned was Bandai Namco, just because the amount of anime inspired games and what Sony's hand in uh, the Funimation, well now now Crunchyroll, it makes it's a match made in heaven. Um, yeah. But if uh, oh my god, sorry, it I'm it go ahead. What's up? If PlayStation had Square Enix and Namco and Konami. That that would be like the the anime powerhouse in gaming. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Huh, that's real. But so I don't think Sorry. we'll see if there's a big acquisition. I don't think it's going to be Square. I if I had to pick one of that group, if I had to pick a Japanese developer company with good with a history of IP, my money's more so on Capcom than Square. Strictly because with Capcom, probably their biggest three IP that come to mind, or at least I shouldn't say biggest, but the first three IP that come to mind to me are Devil May Cry, Street Fighter, and um, Monster Hunter right now, right? Or Resident Evil and then Mega Man. So Resident Evil, long history with PlayStation, right? Uh, Street Fighter has been exclusive to PlayStation um it's all it's all most of its crowd with street fighter 4 on the ps3 street fighter 5 was exclusive to playstation 4 and i think it made its way to pc and now street fighter 6 i imagine it's gonna be the same vein it'll only make its way to playstation and with playstation's hand in evo right now and the the amount of fighting tournaments they do and self-publish and take care of it makes sense I, i would see them doing that and it would be less of a blow to their competitors, I would say. I mean, I don't think my, Microsoft wouldn't take as much as of a hit. Nintendo would take more of it than Microsoft does, just due to the success that we've seen with Monster Hunter on Switch in the past, um, and then games like Mega Man. But that's it. I think Nintendo, at the end of the day, they can recover rather easily. Um, so <clears throat> that's how I kind of see that there. They they have their hands. They're not like Square, where they had their hand in where Square has their hand in every possible fucking basket, Capcom very much like, they have a few things here and there, but a majority of those things either originated or stayed and were stayed true, and you saw the best value with PlayStation. Um, most of the former, though. Um, so you think Capcom is in the cards? I could see them being in the cards, yeah. More so I, I than Square Enix right now? More so than Square, just because Capcom's flagship thing, more than anything else, will be street fighter and if street fighter ends up remaining an exclusive i think capcom will be okay with taking that blow of pulling monster hunter off of xbox off of switch just knowing that they'll get more traction on a playstation console um that's that's where um believe in the heart of the cards um that's where i see um 
Konami. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's what I think will be the case. I think Capcom makes the most sense just because they're not, they're not going to be as expensive as Square. Um, they have, I, I would argue, a stronger relationship with PlayStation just due to the fact of Evo alone and yeah. the exclusivity of Street Fighter as yeah. of late. Um, it just makes the most sense. Um, granted, with Square, it is <laughs> um, Square has you know we've the thing with Square. The only thing that makes sense for me, that acquisition, is if this stuff has been planned for years. Like I would say, since development of Final Fantasy VII Remake, because we did hear about it coming on the Xbox, that was talked about, and it was said it'll happen eventually. And here we are. That game's been re-released on PlayStation Five. And it's been really released on PC and still no sign of it, no talk of when it's coming to Xbox. I imagine conversations shifted and PlayStation is like, hey, let's talk partnership. Let's talk acquisition. And I could see Square saying, you couldn't afford us. And PlayStation going, you're right. What would it take? And Square's like, well, hey, we're losing. And then Avengers happened where Square started losing money on this massive investment. And PlayStation's Western- like, hey. Yeah, they, they came by and Let's said, here. hey, we still are interested. And I and they're just like, hmm, what, from an investment standpoint and a growth standpoint, does it make sense to go with you guys? Yeah, we could still see ourselves in fruition, but we still have a lot under our umbrella. We're too valuable and we're too expensive for you to buy still. And they're like, and it, it, as the pressure kept hitting and the pressure kept hitting, like, we got to get bought. It makes sense. We want to do this. What do we do? And they looked at their IP and they saw, a lot of our Western stuff just doesn't make as much money as our Eastern stuff. We got to find a buyer and Embracer, bah, buying out everything left and right. It was super easy to call them and say, "Hey, we want to sell you Idos. We want to sell you Crystal Dynamics and a bunch of other stuff. We want to sell you Gex. What's your offer? And and what's your offer? <laughs> what's your offer? There it is. And I used this from Courage Carly Dog there for those who don't get it. Um, and Embracer's like this and they're like okay and now square is coming back and saying hey our value went down this is what we want to do come up with them and come back to us and playstation's like all right let's think of another we'll come back to you that's so, the only way i say it making sense but that is such a fucking time in the such a conversation and business transaction in the making it's too long i mean that's how these for me to think go. it makes sense I, but even like, then, for so the most part, like all of these things, this is almost all of these things are years and years and years in the making anyway. Yeah, but I, so if we're talking, let's say the scale of Microsoft acquiring um, or hell, even PlayStation acquiring Bungie, I don't think that was that wasn't years, right? Because Bungie was still up for for quite a while under the Activision Blizzard umbrella. They were owned um, until what, 2019, 2020? So that's I, I think these conversations would take maybe a couple of years. In the case of Final Fantasy and well Square, we're talking four plus. I don't think conversations last that long. I don't think they get started that long, nor does the action taken to make it happen take that long. If someone wants to do it, they're gonna pull out all the stops to make it I'm happen. Make you eat your words. If four years from now we're still talking about nitro Pepsi, then you know that's different though that's different <laughs> that's different it's yeah it's a different conversation before you <laughs> yeah that's different I, I can afford to go out and buy 
a, a small four pack of Pepsi Nitro on a weekly basis and make it last. And it's easy for me to get on a podcast once a week and say, Hey, go drink Pepsi I- Nitro. Here's a check. I'm going to write to you, sponsor me, or here's a check you need to present to me. That's a different conversation than place you should sing. Hey, we want to buy you. And square is like, we want to, but you can't afford us. We'll just wait That's until totally more of is big enough. And then I'll approach Pepsi. <laughs> I'll be like, Hey, I want to buy Pepsi. And they're going to be like, no, nah, you can't afford us. But then once regular Pepsi starts to suffer and nitro Pepsi is what's in, I'm going to go in and be like, Hey, just sell out regular Pepsi, sell it to somebody else. We don't care about it. I'm just interested in nitro Pepsi. <laughs> and then we can have the nitro Pepsi subscription box. Mm-mm-mm. Pepsi plus mm-hmm. coming to a stream near you. But <laughs> I wouldn't because I would subscribe to Pepsi. Pepsi Plus. <laughs> what if you could have Coke delivered? What, what kind of question? Hold on, hold on. Wait, 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 wait. You mean cocaine? No, he spelled it with a capital C, Stephen. <laughs> yeah, yeah, heathen. Good Lord. Stephen the Demon coming in full effect. I've never done cocaine, but I hear it's good for if you want to clean your house. Because of the energy spike? Like the craze. Everyone that I've talked to who's done cocaine, they like they say that they do cocaine and then they get a bunch of shit done. How many people do you know that have done cocaine? Like six. I worked for one of them. Uh Uh-huh. Anyways, uh (laughs) (laughs) I don't work for them anymore if it makes you feel any better. Good lord. It's a, it's a long story. <laughs> Oi. Anyways. Uh, Any hooser. Yeah, I, I I think the whole thing is interesting. The fact that there's this many rumblings where now it's getting... Uh, I mean, not only was it enough to catch um, Greg Miller off guard, uh, mm-hmm. but also for articles to start being written and for people to say that this has some kind of validity, I feel like when there's smoke, there's fire. So something is happening. Well, something see, that's the thing that we've never had place. smoke in a situation like this before. We've all just had the fire. We just had a lot of smoke all this whole time. PlayStation Home smoke. That's it's smoke coming. and mirrors. Ain't happening. It's coming. No, there's it's smoke and mirrors. Smoke and mirrors. But mostly smoke. There's <laughs> <laughs> like it's a house full of smoke, and then there's the bathroom mirror, and that's it. <laughs> yeah, that's, and it's just me standing in front of the mirror, staring into it. <laughs> it's you riding PlayStation home in the smoke, just <laughs> home in the reflection. It's not me; it's my PlayStation home avatar. Oh Jesus, that's like, terrifying! I put my hand up to the mirror, and then he puts his hand up to the mirror. No. He very choppily puts his hand up to the mirror because the frame rate's dropping with everything. And then a little bubble pops up. <laughs> then he starts doing a little dance. Oh. Doing the running man. Manactra says, can I put my NFTs in my PlayStation Home house? Uh, in the future, when the PlayStation Home uh, revamp comes out yes uh, that would be a missed opportunity to, if they didn't on all you have to create them in dreams and then you import your dreams creations into playstation home so you can have a t-shirt with your dreams image on it uh i don't know there's but, there's honestly a lot of shit that they can do 
but there's a massive but on your shirt there's a massive watermark on it like it almost encompasses the entire nft that says made in dreams <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it, it, it actually just says made in dreams you have to click the shirt in order to access the actual image <laughs> and then you have to pay like oh, a penny beautiful <laughs> good lord well ladies and gents thank you for joining us on another episode of dual senses a playstation podcast you can catch us either friday saturday or sunday depending on what we want to do at either sometime between 9 and 9.30 Eastern time. You can catch us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and YouTube. You can catch us streaming live through YouTube, Facebook, and Twitch. If you're a fan of the show, by all means, put in comments, like, share, subscribe, all the things. If you want to show us a huge level of love, make your way over to www.mtfproductions.com forward slash donate, where you can donate as little as a dollar. That's all I got for you. Yeah, even though we only had one topic, that was a good discussion. It was good. It was a good one. No, we don't subscribe to Coke Plus. Buy Pepsi Nitro. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> we almost made it. All right, I'm ending the show. <laughs> All right, see y'all later. Love, love, love. Pepsi Podcast. <laughs>